Hello, my name is Gary. And my name is Simon. And this is episode 12 of EV Musings, a podcast about electric vehicles and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On our podcast today, we'll be talking about the Renault Zoe. This is the next in our series of EVs available to buy today. We've already covered the i3, the Kia Soul and the Nissan Leaf in earlier episodes. And links to these are in the description. Before we get started, Simon, I want to ask you, have you seen the latest advert from Volkswagen in the UK for their upcoming ID range? Not a lot of information on them. It's typical marketing promo stuff. But the one thing I noticed which made me raise the eyebrow a little was the words emission-free while driving in the copy. <laughs> it makes you wonder what the thinking behind that was, given the Dieselgate scandal of a few years ago. Yeah, indeed. Um, could it be that VW finally have seen the light? Um, mm. Are they a new company or just now playing on the scandal that they themselves created? Time will tell and let's hope they make the right choice and really do embrace electric in full. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, my my big question on that, if, if it's emission-free while driving, then What's it giving out when it's not driving? <laughs> it's just clouds of smoke, like when it stops. It's like all, all the bad, all the bad stuff that electric cars do. Remember all the all the bad minerals that we use. That's all kicked out oh, okay. when it parks. Yeah. So um, any other time, absolutely fine. But when it parks, loads of clouds of smoke. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, it must be a self. You know what it is? It's self. What? It's self charging. That's why it's got a big diesel engine in it when it stops, so it tops it up, self-charges, and then on it goes to electric. <laughs> that line of copy is going to come back and haunt VW <laughs> big, in the future. I can pretty much guarantee big it. Time. Our feature topic today is the Renault Zoe. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're running through the EVs currently for sale in the UK market. We'll talk a little bit about the history of the car, try and identify the good, the bad and the ugly bits of each vehicle. And at the end of these episodes, we'll do a summary and highlight which cars are best for each market sector, as well as identifying where there are gaps in the markets, because there are indeed gaps. To help us with our review this week, we contacted YouTube vlogger and Renault Zoe fanatic Emma Jackman for her thoughts and views and we'll hear what she had to say a little bit later. So the Renault Zoe was another of those early mass production EVs. It came from Renault obviously who along with their partner company Nissan have been instrumental in mass producing mid-market EVs especially in Europe. It was first released in 2012 in France and then 2013 in other European markets. Since 2013 the Zoe has been the all-time top-selling all-electric car in the French market, with 27,155 units registered by June 2016. Zoe sales had passed 50,000 worldwide by that same month. The current version of the model was announced in September 2012. In terms of value for money, the Zoe is hard to beat. It costs the same as a similar-sized ICE cars in the segment, it has a phenomenal range for a car of that price and is from a well-known company with an established track record. Since inception, global sales totaled more than 133,000 units through December 2018. All of our figures and information refers to the current release of the Zoe. A new version is due for release at the end of this year, the Zoe 50. There are currently two models of Zoe on the market, the R90 and the R110, and those figures relate to the power of the electric motors driving the wheels. 
The cost for the R90 is around £23,000 and the R110 is 24320 Both figures are after the plug-in car grant. In terms of price per maximum range ratio, this gives it a value of around £138 per mile of range, which is actually quite phenomenal. One little quirk of the Zoe is that they were originally provided with a battery lease option. This dropped the price down by around £4,000 and added a monthly leasing cost for the battery depending on your annual mileage. And we'll talk a little bit more about the battery lease later on. So for both vehicles, the battery is 44.1 kilowatt hour with a usable figure of about 41.0 kilowatt hour. Actual range, and Emma Jackman told us the R90 winter range is about 140 and the summer range is approximately 180 miles. The R110 range is slightly lower than that due to the higher power motor. For a car that costs in the low to mid £20,000, that's phenomenal value for money and easily explains why a lot of these cars have been sold. Let's move to efficiency. The R90 WLTP range is 215 watts hour per mile. Real world, 255 watt hour per mile. The R110 WLTP range, 215 watts hour per mile and the real world approximately 255 watts out per mile. The Zoe charges using AC only. There is no CCS or CHAdeMO charging on the current versions of the Zoe. The new version due out at the end of the year has been upgraded, however, to allow CCS charging. The Zoe, however, has managed to include a particularly fast onboard charger, which means it can accept charge at up to 43 kilowatts. This definitely qualifies as rapid charging. And for more on what this all means, refer to our episode called Always Be Charging. This also means that any 22 kilowatt chargers that you might, that you might find littered around the place can be used at full speed by the Zoe, and this is almost unique amongst EVs. Emma told us, quote, when I do public charge, because of the rapid charging, it means the car charges fast enough for me. I usually charge for about 30 minutes and that gives me more than enough to get home. In terms of AC charging, at this stage, it doesn't really affect me that there are plenty of 43 kilowatt charges around currently, so I don't even think about it. I think in the future, as the cars get older, they will naturally find homes with people who only charge at home and don't do the motorway miles I do, so the potential decline of AC charging should be manageable." End quote. The R90 has a single motor powering the front wheels, pushing out 91 HP and 166 pounds per foot of torque. This gives a 0-60 time of 13.2 seconds and a top speed of 83 miles per hour. The R110 motor is rated to 107 HP with 166 pounds per foot of torque. This gives a 0-60 time of 11.4 seconds and a top speed of 84 miles per hour. In terms of spec, the R110 has cruise control, speed limiter, Renault R-Link system with TomTom navigation, aircon, a heat pump for cold days, preconditioning, rear parking sensors, a Bose sound system with DAB radio, and optional heated front seats. Similar cars in this space are the Nissan Leaf 40kWh and the Hyundai Ioniq. So let's have a quick talk about the known issues and problems. The Zoe was one of the first cheap EVs to come out and as mentioned earlier, one way the price was reduced was that the purchase price didn't include an actual battery. The battery was leased from Renault for a fixed amount per month. This had upsides and downsides. The upside was that if there was a battery failure, and there have been one or two with the Zoe, Renault are responsible for replacing it at no cost to the owner. The downside is that if you keep your Zoe for a long time, the battery payments can start to add up. 
at £100 per month for high mileage vehicles. The savings over the original purchase price could be eaten up in a few years. This also made selling them on problematic as the new owner had to take over the lease of the battery. The downside to only having AC charging is that while there are plenty of 43 kilowatt rapid chargers around, there are a lot of rapid chargers that the Zoe just cannot use. All the Instavolt chargers, for example, are out of bounds for this version of the Zoe, and this is because Instavolt, they simply don't have an AC socket on their rapid chargers, it's Chadamo and CCS only. Likewise, the new Ionity high power chargers can't be used as they're only CCS, and the BP Chargemaster 150kW Rapids only have Chadamo and CCS adapters on them, although the lower power 50kW chargers that BP Chargemaster use do support AC charging. Emma told us that the Zoe comes with TomTom SatNav, which isn't a particularly good one. Uh, Google always could provide better navigation results. The Zoe also comes with an app for managing charging and preconditioning. However, this is known to be slightly unstable. Emma said, quote, the Renault ZE app for my phone is awful and at present it isn't working at all. It's supposed to tell you current range, charging status, etc. But it isn't updating at the most, so I need to give them a call. Even when it is working, it still leaves a lot to be desired and there's so much more they could do, end quote. Personally, I've been in Zoe's. I love the styling. I think the user interface isn't quite as modern or as good as it could be. The new version has completely overhauled the interior and the screens are bigger, better designed and more functional. Emma echoed this a little when she told us, quote, I feel that the tech side of the car could be improved, so better R-Link, sat-nav and connectivity with an app would be good. I'd also like for the car to be able to do vehicle to grid as and when. End quote. So a little known fact about the Renault Zoe, in May 2010, a Parisian woman named Zoe Renault commenced legal action to try and force Reynolds to rethink their choice of name amid claims it would lead to mocking jibes. In November 2010, a French judge ruled that Reynolds could use the name. So in summary, the Reynolds Zoe is the best-selling, lovely-looking French-made vehicle with the weight of Nissan Renault EV juggernaut behind it. Some dated design decisions in the vehicle, especially related to the iLink interface on the screen, and a charging standard that is not actually recognised standard for fast charging, has done little to stop this car becoming one of the best-selling EVs worldwide. Without this car and the Nissan Leaf, EVs in the UK would be in a far poorer state. Zoe owners tend to love their cars, and the new version due out at the end of this year is bound to be just as a big success. So let's wrap up by seeing if there's some cool EV or renewable thing you've come across that we can share with our listeners. So yes, here's mine. Um, it, my one always seems to be speed related. I don't know what it is. Go figure. <laughs> um, but I, I come across this interesting article online and it was not that, that not all speed in electric cars have to be in kind of cars like normal cars. So this past week, drag racer Don Carlitz, I hope I've said that that right, is from Florida, that set a new world record for a dragster that was all electric. So this was in Palm Beach in Florida. So yes, even, even those other racing sports are getting in on electric cars, it seems. The record was set on a quarter mile at 7.235 seconds for a trap speed of 189.04 miles per hour at the end of the quarter mile. <laughs> yeah, flipping quick. <laughs> they missed the ultimate goal, apparently, of 200 miles an hour because they broke an axle on the third attempt. Now, if you're breaking an axle at 200 miles an hour, that's not going to be pretty. 
No, <laughs> no, indeed. 189 miles an hour <laughs> in seven within a quarter mile from a standing start. In seven seconds. <laughs> in seven seconds. That's pretty phenomenal. What Do we know anything about the size of the battery or whatever's in there? No, they they, they didn't seem to release any details. It's Apparently it's one of the first dragsters in the world to do it and this guy this guy likes electric cars and just thought why not we'll you know obviously stick in a, a dragster because no one else has but to do that in seven seconds is like is, is the guy's face has got to be at the start line surely <laughs> <laughs> excellent i did hear that i don't know whether it was just santa pod raceway or whether it was the british drag racing association have actually banned electric cars for competing oh, really? alongside yeah they don't mind it doing by themselves but they won't <laughs> race electric cars against but non-electric cars in the same uh, race don't want to be embarrassed <laughs> it's exactly it yeah michael thing refers to the recent data release about wind turbines in the uk the UK hit a new target for wind power generation in 2018, according to new figures produced by the Department for Business Energy and Industrial Strategy. Annual wind energy provided to the grid achieved record levels of 17.1% last year, up from 14.8% in 2017. The annual digest of UK energy statistics found that 91% came from onshore wind, while 8% was produced from offshore wind. The UK is now somewhere near the fourth largest producer of wind power globally, having a capacity of 21.5 gigawatts, 13 gigawatts of onshore and 8 gigawatts of offshore. And this year alone, they've installed 187 megawatts of onshore capacity, which is eighth in Europe, and 931 megawatts of offshore capacity, which is the highest in Europe. In fact, the largest wind farm in the world will be Hornsey 1 in the UK at 1.2 gigawatts when completed. Linked into this, Scotland itself produced enough energy from wind to power itself twice over in 2018. Quote, so much energy has been produced by wind farms in Scotland that theoretically the country could have enough excess to power a large portion of northern England. Close quotes. And in a related note, this week, wind power in Texas surpassed coal for the first time ever. Those are all pretty phenomenal figures. And the offshoot of this, of course, is that coal as a source of energy is being reduced and overall costs for energy are declining. That's in, that, That's just such a great story to, to tell. That, it is. You know, just like, you know, if you'd have said that two, three years ago, people wouldn't have believed you but like now like the fact that we're producing so much and it's what what surprised me is that most of it come from onshore rather than offshore well yeah um, i would have Absolutely. thought it'd been the other way around but apparently there's a lot of wind in this country <laughs> go figure again yeah, you know <laughs> but yeah uh, it's, it's 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 great to see i mean we've we've chatted about this numerous times where you know you check the the apps of you know how much fossil fuel is being burnt and stuff like that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for countless days, months, weeks, whatever, you know, I've, when I've checked it, it's been, you know, wind and solar and stuff rather than, you know, the dirty, horrible coal and things like that. And the fact that Texas is now being affected, which is awesome news. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be some American listeners out there that would uh, disagree with that. But um, I, um, I, I like the fact that, you know, they're going to be, the coal industry is, you know, being put to bed, hopefully, and hopefully they can find those renewal, renewable jobs and 
renewable industries uh, starting to kind of um, come to life in those sort of countries, which they sh- they should be anyway. Though, yeah, absolutely. And that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. Big thanks out to uh, Emma Jackman for her input on the pros and cons of the Zoe. Please check out her YouTube channel. The links are in the show notes. She does some great stuff about the Zoe, her adventures with fast charging. And she even interviewed our very own Simon recently about living without a home charger. So we'll put a link to that particular video in the show notes. If you want to contact us, Simon is at the EV side on Twitter and YouTube. And I'm the real Gary C on Twitter. If you're wanting a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon worldwide for the measly 799p or equivalent. And it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. We're available ooh, all over the place. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Please leave a review as it makes us feel loved and helps us know we're not just shouting out into the void here. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.